0: Hello, and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. My name's Justin, I'll be your host today, and I'll be joined in a bit by my friends Dan and Jake. We are three dads trying to become better dads by looking at the example God sets and essentially trying to parent our kids the way God parents us. And today's topic is a fun one and a big one, discipline. And I guess for this topic especially, I kinda wanna reiterate sort of our goal or our purpose for doing this podcast. Uh, we are not here to teach anyone how to parent their kids. We just personally don't feel like that's our niche, that's our role in anyone's life. Mostly what we want to do on this show is talk with each other about what we think about discipline and think critically about how God disciplines, what he uses discipline for, what's the purpose of discipline from God's perspective, and then hopefully that will make the three of us better parents. The reason we decided to record this and make it a podcast is because we thought it might be fun and also helpful for people to listen to other parents just talking about openly and honestly how they're trying to become better parents and how they're trying to understand God as a parent as well. So we're not trying to make any large sweeping statements about discipline, about the right way to do it, about the wrong way to do it. We just know that discipline is a part of raising kids well, and we want to look to God for guidance in that area and talk about it with each other. So that is our goal. Hope you get something out of it. Hope you enjoy it. Hope it's fun and before we get started i guess i'd just like to say we might be wrong about anything we say in the next 40 minutes or so Uh, it's very possible we're very much humans we very much don't have the totality of the revelation of who god is and what he's like in our hearts Uh, but that's something we're trying to get closer to so bear with us i hope you like it let's get started So yeah, this week, I mean, discipline's a big, yeah, it's a big one, right? I mean, it's in a lot of ways the topic that parents seem to have the most questions or almost feel like it kind of makes or break their parenting in, in some senses because, you know, it's, it's the negative, I guess it's just the negative side of parenting that it's not the fun side. It's how, do, you know, how do you manage children in, in the negative things? So for me, the, the first natural place to start is to talk about sort of the purpose of discipline what is the goal behind it why do we discipline what are we trying to accomplish sort of in our children's lives when we discipline because we all know we have to we all know it's a good thing to do we all know that you know it's really important to to raising children but yeah i feel like for me if i don't keep the purpose of discipline at the forefront of my mind when i'm doing it then sometimes yeah i can just kind of miss the mark in terms of achieving the goal if i kind of forget what the goal is
1: yeah Yeah. so uh, Mm -hmm. what
0: what thoughts did you have about the the purpose
1: overall in the grand scheme of things in the big philosophical abstract when I think of why God disciplines us uh, I feel like he disciplines us because he wants to give us more and so that that there's no I, I can't think of a time where God has disciplined me where he hasn't expanded my opportunities or or empowered me more after the discipline that 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 always seems to be the equation of it you'll go through Mm, this consequence you'll be disciplined but because of that I will give you more and you're going to grow from it and yeah it's going to be better for you and so that's sort of abstractly, that, that would be my goal for, for my child is that I would discipline them mm-hmm. in order that I can give them more in life.
2: My goal and the purpose is maturation of the kids. And so like discipline or consequences in life, I guess discipline is to facilitate consequences that they, they don't yet understand in a lot of cases. I want to be able to mature my kids so that they can think about their the consequences of their actions before they do it. So it allows mm-hmm. them to yeah. be able to adapt to um, the different situations that they're in and recognize what they are stepping into, whether or not they think they're stepping into a good thing, a bad thing, or that's maybe questionable. But they're willing to accept the consequences
0: of what they're what they're about to do. How does that, what that last piece you said about. That's probably the teenage years. (laughs) That's probably a teenager, but it's something
2: that I want them, that I want them to kind of like grow into.
0: So let me, let me see if I understand what you're saying. You're saying that one purpose of discipline besides the obvious one, I guess, of teaching them right and wrong is to also help them understand the relationship between choices and consequences. I guess like as they get older, you're saying like like in teenage years, when they realize that right and wrong is not always as easy to determine as it is, you know, when you're five, I guess. That in those situations, in like the gray areas of life that adults kind of experience pretty regularly, I would say, that laying the groundwork now, as as children, of choices and consequences and kind of establishing the relationship between the two and helping them understand if I make a choice, there is a consequence equips them doing that now equips them for those situations when they're teenagers or or older that aren't so black and white because it gives them like a framework for how to navigate them. Is that, would you say is that like a pretty good summary?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Oh, cool. Cool. So then I guess my question is, do you have like an example of what that looks like? Because I think, I think that might help, uh, probably.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so for instance, currently, I listen to audiobooks. I don't really read anything. What I do is I go to the library, rent an audiobook, and then I put it on my computer, and I download it to my phone. And I've built up a library of audiobooks that I could have purchased for $40 or $60 or whatever. Or I could go to the library, rent them, and download them. And I'm pretty okay with the consequences of my actions I'm pretty okay uh that if somebody were to find out where to happen that i would have i would have to delete the audiobooks that i stole or whatever i'm pretty okay with that and yeah it's probably illegal but i'm okay with the consequences and i i kind of know what i'm getting myself into i would like my kids to be able to, to reason through scenarios like that where maybe yeah. they disagree with something or they're fine taking the risk of maybe getting in trouble or making somebody angry or kind of going against the grain because they think it's either advantageous or right or godly or Mm, mm
0: -hmm. whatever
2: you know because i want to give them freedom to make their own decisions even if it's not what's considered conventional wisdom or whatever i want them to be able to think for themselves so they can and so like the first stage of that, which they're in and they're growing into more is just yeah, like understanding that they have consequences.
0: I mean, that's, that's a really interesting point. I'm I'm thinking about it from the, the parents perspective in, (laughs) in the situation. I've definitely been in this situation before where I've, I've sort of laid out the options for my children. Say, you know, if you keep doing this, then you'll get a consequence or this will happen. And, there's been a couple times where, where they've said, "Okay, that's fine," <laughs> like, like I'll take the consequence, and then I'm like, "Oh crap! No, no, no! Like that's not what I, that, like that's that, not what I wanted to happen," you know. Like I actually I wasn't okay with the exchange. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, either because I didn't really want to do the consequence, you know, or because just what they were doing was bad enough that I was like, "You can't be doing this," you know. Like there's no. There's yeah, there's yeah. I want the consequence to be so bad that you will not you will not want to do it because it's it's that bad. And so yeah, I've that's that brings up an interesting point about how you sort of have to <laughs> you have to make the deal if, if you're gonna give them the choice, kind of. Like yeah like you're saying, you know, like you do have the choice. You have the choice to continue in, in sin or continue in this choice and then you'll get a consequence, or you have the choice to, you know, turn and not. Yeah, because that's what God does. Obviously, he does. He gives us lots of chances or lots of opportunities to continue to sin. And then he just throws a certain consequence that he feels like is a good consequence for it. And then we have to live with it. Like your audiobooks thing, right? <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, like, that's an interesting one for me to think about because that has definitely happened. And then I've realized from those situations that I have to really make sure – I'm actually okay with I'm actually <laughs> okay with the trade that yeah. I'm presenting to my kids, <laughs> which is something i didn't I did not do at first. i and I found myself in that situation a number of times <laughs> because, yeah, because you just expect them to I, I don't know never want the consequence. But at some point, the the scales tip in favor of, well, what I want to do that's bad is actually better than you know they think it's better at least than the, <laughs>
2: the, yeah,
0: the, the consequence that you're you're offering.
2: I feel like, a- <laughs> Like the other tricky thing about discipline, which is that I may be curious about your guys' perspective on, is how much you discipline based solely on sin versus kind of a variety of different things, like whether it's obedience or respect or social interactions, where maybe the kid didn't sin, or maybe that interaction just wasn't like how you Mm -hmm. wanted to handle a scenario because a lot of our discipline, I think comes down to the lifestyle that we live and just getting them okay with who mom and dad are and kind of the way that we're going to live our life and setting expectations for that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Ella right now, we, we have this red, red noodle curry, whatever it is. The last two nights, She's. We've kind of laid out the options for, her, and we said, "All right, you know, like you don't have to eat this, but you don't get any snacks or treats. And when you get home from school, the only thing you can eat is this curry until it's gone. And she she takes a bite. She's like, oh, "I'll eat it tomorrow. <laughs> and then <she laughs> to the morning, and she can't have cereal because she didn't. You know, she's got to have eggs or you know whatever else that we're eating, right. and. <laughs> she just she thinks she's okay with the consequence but she sure just, yeah uh but that is totally not a righteousness issue that's just like
0: right yeah totally
2: that expectation that
1: you know you are going to eat the food that we cook before you so. uh i think that's probably where we're at right now with our parenting and disciplining a 17 month old I just want my seventeen-month-old to be a functioning human being. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want him to just collapse on the ground and start just flailing around like he's possessed by a demon, which mm-hmm. he did yesterday. Um, <laughs> and so, or or to just have some type of emotional regulation <laughs> that yeah, we totally. can. Uh, his highs are very high and his lows are very low right now discipline right <laughs> now it, it's not it, it's exactly what what Dan was saying. It's not because of not necessarily a sin thing uh we just want him to be uh a normal human being right now so that that's our and that's our short term goal right now
0: <laughs> I think I would answer the question in two ways. the first way is like because you're their parents, if you tell them to do something and they don't do it, you know, the way God has set up the authority structure in the universe, if they don't do it, you could consider that sin. Even if it's not a mandate from the Bible that all kids have to eat red curry kind of thing. Uh, because you're their parents, you know, you sort of, you are the authority in their life. So if they, if they disobey the authority, then you could, you could consider that sin in a sense, right? It's just like your rules might be different than God's but they still have to obey them because of that.
2: I see the logic, but I have a hard time buying it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, the, you don't you don't think that's what the the honor your father and mother commandment is? Uh, I feel like that's kind of a catch-all. Like, mm-hmm. I've like, given you a, a mom and dad. Like, here's the commandment. Here's the rule. Like, all the, your your mother and fathers are going to have different rules. Honor them because they're all going to have different stuff to do than what, what I say in the book that applies to everyone.
2: Yeah, definitely you can honor and do do the opposite, I think, for
0: uh-huh. sure. Yeah, I can see that.
2: My kids aren't there yet. Uh, very.
0: <laughs> right.
2: don't think my kids right. Process that. Uh, uh, sure, sure. I feel like the honor your father and mother has a whole lot more to do just with the heart than the actions. And so yep. I have a hard time linking that to discipline.
0: Yeah, I think I would just link it in the sense that in, like, the same way that we're supposed to trust God, even though we don't understand sometimes, that's part of faith and righteousness. In the same way I think the expectation can be for your kids to trust you, even though they don't understand or even though they don't know. It's probably how I would logically get there. I definitely see your point, though, and I definitely think as they get older, I like the idea that you're saying to sort of offer them path A and path B. And not necessarily have. I think a lot of times those path A's and path B's are not necessarily righteous or unrighteous or sin or holiness, but they're just path A, path B. You know, and your kids might have different values than you do, and then so they might choose the path you don't, you wouldn't choose for them, but that might not necessarily be wrong. So I'm totally, I'm, I'm all down with that. But I think so. That's one side of what I would say to your question. The other side of it is. That I think that, that for me, like when I hear that question, I, the thought I immediately have is, "Ooh, that's a really good point. And as a parent, that makes me want to work, work harder to get rid of all the stuff that's not of God <laughs> that I want out of my kids or, or cut it down, you know, yeah. cut out the fat and get down to like the meat and, and really kind of focus on building up those things in my children that I know that I know that I know are really important to God. Uh, just the other day, there was a, pr- a pretty funny example. So I was outside playing. <laughs> All of James's issues come down to socks, it seems, <laughs> or clothing or clothing items. He loves, he just loves clothes, man. And he especially loves socks. And so we were playing soccer outside. And he loves the soccer socks and he loves putting like the shin pads underneath them and stuff. So, anyways, it was really, it had been muddy like the day before and it rained. And so we were playing and he, was you know trying to beat me to a ball and so he slipped and fell in the mud and his entire right leg was covered in mud and it really bothered him you know like really really bothered him he really didn't like it he's like i want to go wash this off and i'm out there and i'm just wanting to play soccer and I also you know my value would be you know that and the way i would want my child to be is dirty doesn't matter just get up and keep playing you know your clothes who cares if they're dirty like we'll wash them later it's fine you know it's just not a big deal but to him, it's a really big deal, you know? And so I was, <laughs> as I was talking to him about it and trying to sort through it, the first instinct I had was to, you know, tell him, no, you don't need to wash it. Just keep playing. But then he resisted that. And he's like, no, I, I want to wash it. And he started to get kind of grumpy about it. And so I I was very close to presenting an A and B type of option. Like, James, Here's here's what you can do. But if you don't do that, if you don't keep playing with me, here's going to be your consequence. And... <laughs> I have been trying more and more to care less about little things that my kids do yeah. Yeah. just a lot. And it it's hard because I know the way I want them to be, but then I'm also trying to humbly <laughs> tell myself that I don't know the type of, I don't know yet the type of person they're supposed to be. You know, I don't know the types of values that James is going to grow up with and maybe he's just a clothes guy and that's okay. And maybe he's likes to be clean and tidy and that's not a bad thing. And so I was sitting there, you know, squatting down next to him. And I was just looking at him, and he was, it was just really important. It was really obvious to me. It was really important to him. Like this was a big deal to him. And essentially, I was trying to tell him that this doesn't have to be a big deal to you. But he was saying it is, and I just couldn't. When I actually thought about it in that moment, I just couldn't think of a reason why it was or wasn't a big deal, like in according to God. And so then I was like, you know what? Fine, James. Just yeah, you can go wash it. It's fine. Just go wash it. So he did, and I just kept playing soccer with Cameron. And it, I don't know how long it took him, five minutes or seven minutes or something like that. <laughs> and then he came back out, and he played with a sopping wet sock, you know. but it was clean. And <laughs> then we kept playing soccer, and it was no big deal. And he was happy, and it wasn't a problem, and there was no discipline necessary. All because I I just decided, and I haven't always done that. I, I've done the other things so many times, and it's just caused so much frustration.
1: Mm.
0: But just because I was like, I'm not right, and you're not right. And if that's what you want, then that's you can do that you're six years old, you can make that choice. And man, that was really freeing. Uh, It was really freeing for me because it just avoided a problem and he was happy and we got to keep playing soccer and everybody got what they wanted. But I had to sort of let go of this idea that I knew what was best for him in that situation. So that's the other side of it. One side of it is like, kids should obey their parents. The other side of it is parents should think really clear, carefully, I think, about what they're trying to get their kids to obey and make sure Mm. it's worthwhile.
1: I think what happens is that you you need the basic obedience first to you hmm. you need them to actually right. just obey you before you can even give them option a or option b because hmm. if they're if they're not going to actually obey you then it doesn't matter what options you give them they're, <laughs> they're not going to pick either option uh, most likely sure. um, and so that's i think That's true yeah that's totally I, true i, I think <laughs> it's definitely important To establish the obedience factor first, that that's essential. But I think what just like what you were saying, uh, Justin, that I think most parents can't get off of that step. Mm, So I mean, I I remember my parents. I mean, the the because I said so (laughs) uh, excuse like that that (laughs) lasted for me almost. Even when I was in high school, yeah, you know, totally. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean yep. God bless my parents. If you guys are sure. listening, you guys did awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even even that was, I, I, yeah, I think it's just hard for parents. To, I, I think a big part of it is a probably a pride thing, and yep. you know, you you have this when when you've gone ten, fifteen, eighteen years. Uh, being this type of figure in another person's life it's hard to give away that control yeah it's hard for parents to get off of that step
0: yeah and to me i think that was like the real or a, a big reason I, I want to start with the question what is the purpose is because if the purpose of discipline is to create obedience which is essentially to create control over your children i think you can pretty clearly see that that is not what god is trying to do when he disciplines people right is to gain control I mean, obviously, he wants us to obey, but it's not to enforce his control over his people, I think. You know, we always know it comes down way more to the heart and sort of like dancing, maturing the heart of a child or of just a human. Like for me, when I when I thought about the purpose of it, it was essentially very similar to what you said, Dan. But essentially, like I think consequences for me when I punish my kids, it's to it's to provide them negative feedback for destructive behavior. that if they like keep doing it will actually hurt them now and in the future. Yeah. So when they do a bad action, it doesn't necessarily provide them a natural negative feedback that would be motivating to them. So, for example, our kids wrestle a lot. They're always fighting, and they're always hurting each other kind of on accident slash on purpose. You know, it just depends. And so one time Cameron was wrestling James, and James got hurt. I don't remember what he did. Maybe hit him with a sword too hard. And James got really mad about it. And so he, Cameron was kind of like laying next to him or whatever, and so James kicked him in the neck. Like, pretty hard. And, you know, caused Cameron to cry. And it was it was a very violent thing that was bad. It was a bad thing. And curves, Cameron was hard. Huh? And you could tell. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> Not that bad. But, yeah, close. Somewhere on the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, James had his, his belligerent, you know, like, furrowed brow. Like, I am angry. And I am doing this because I'm mad. And I'm obviously yeah. making a bad choice. So, we took him in his room. Talked about it. And... That's a thing where if James, if we don't deal with that and discipline him in some way, that situation, if we just let it be, he will not receive negative feedback just from kicking Cameron in the neck that will teach him that's a really bad way to behave and that will create consequences for you later on in life. Because Cameron got kicked in the neck, James didn't. But if James continues to be the type of person that kicks people in the neck throughout the rest of his life and he doesn't learn that that's bad, (laughs) then that will be really bad for him in the future. Right. So like for me, when I discipline my kids, it's, it's to, a big part of it is to give them that negative feedback that what you're doing is really bad and specifically is going to be really bad for you if you keep doing it in the future, because I think that's kind of how we learn as humans. Right. We're sort of designed to learn like that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where the negative feedback a lot of times is the best teacher. And I mean, it's just kind of how God is too is like designed the world. If touching a hot stove is bad for you, then you feel pain. And that's sort of the negative feedback to not learn to do that. And I think that a lot of the decisions God has made when he built the world were sort of with that, that idea in mind. He sort of like set up the world, I think. And I can see this in my life where he set up my life so that when I'm making bad choices, I generally experience bad things. Yeah. With the, with the goal to teach me that those bad choices are not to be repeated. Right. You know, like if I don't yeah. rest and I don't I don't take care of myself, take care of my body, I generally get sick. It's a bad choice consequence. If I lie, whenever I lie, it is the most and thankfully I don't do it very much because I've I've experienced so much negative <laughs> consequence from it. But like when I've lied in the past, it is the most I I don't know if there's anything more stressful in my entire life when I'm mm. than when I lie. Like if I lie about something, I get so anxious and worried and stressed uh, because obviously you're worried about getting found out and you're yeah. trying to construct alternate realities, you know, <laughs> to, so that you can like continue the lie. If you if it's a, if it's a big lie, if it's an important one, right? Uh, what, what was the shoot? There was this. I was talking with another, another teacher. He's not a believer or anything, but he said this quote where he's like he was just saying how he always tells the truth and he's like, if you tell the truth. You don't have to think as much before you speak, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Because if you're funny. lying, you have to, you know, you have to like keep, you know, your, your whatever, yeah. straight. The story is true, really, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he was saying that you know his life is so much better because he just always tells the truth. He just always says what he thinks, and then he doesn't ever have to think about. He doesn't have to think that much before he talks, and it, it's like a very relieving kind of way to live. And so I think that's kind of a consequence, you know. And if I'm like selfish or conceited or just like a mean person in relationships then my relationships suffer, you know, and my life is worse because of my relationships. And yeah. I just think there's lots of examples like that where God set up the world that if you are not making the right choices, if you're not staying close to him, if you're not following him, obeying him, then just bad things happen to you mm-hmm. because there's supposed to be the negative feedback that discourages you, that behavior.
2: So here's my question with, with everything, kind of coming down to the purpose. Um, and this is not as much of a parenting question as it is a question that comes from living kind of in this lifestyle i think of being okay doing things and like being okay with the consequences a little bit how do you guard against just in your own life living like hank from breaking bad <laughs> lesser degree obviously like i'm not helping smuggle meth or anything but like
0: there's Wolf? A- hank's the cop
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean no. Hank? <laughs> yeah. Walter White
0: guy. or... Yeah, Hank. That's Hank. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, they're both bald. <laughs> Jake, you, you're the Breaking Bad expert. You,
2: Mike? Mike, Mike, Mike.
0: Oh, Mike, okay. yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. they're all three of them bald. Yeah, a lot of bald yeah. guys. <laughs>
2: there are. Because I feel like there's a lot of things in life where, you know, if you were to approach this idea completely secularly, you could easily end up in a place not easily you'd have to, just, you'd have to make <laughs> concessions in your life but I think you know there are a lot of things in my life that you know like if you're a good Christian you always you know give the Caesar what the Caesar's or, you know like you you follow the letter of the law in every ideally every aspect of your life I don't <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> sure
2: I would challenge anybody who says they do uh but they just do it unintentionally. Yeah, of course. So I'm kind of like with my kids, I want to give them this this model of you do an action and there's a consequence. Or at least sure. there's a potential host of consequences and you might not always be able to, you know, <laughs> discover what they are until you have them. So yeah, like how do you how do you guys just personally handle that that gray area and how do you want to how do you want to teach your kids to live in freedom but also
1: like abiding in god (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i I think what you're saying is i like a lot of parents want to have a black and white line of obedience and non-obedience this is right this is wrong uh, but then, obviously, as we grow older and we make our own decisions, we realize uh, right and wrong is just whatever I decide, basically. <laughs>
0: well, I, I obviously know what you mean, but I think you probably know how some people might hear that, right? Right. <laughs> so, so I'm assuming what you're talking about is like when it's when it's like two humans talking about right and wrong right and wrong to you can be very different for what is right and wrong to them but yeah but there is god who who decrees mm-hmm. fully you know everything that is right and wrong so um <laughs> yeah i know i know what you mean obviously and so
1: yeah it's interesting how early or how how much power do i want to give my child <laughs> in deciding what they think is right or wrong so yeah I, I, yeah that's a that's a good question because yeah, everyone's gonna come to that eventually. Uh, everyone yeah. does. I'm not sure if I would actively try to teach them about the gray area. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think I'm okay with letting them come come to that point themselves. I think yeah yeah. Obviously, right now we are we are so focused on the black and white that. We we just want him to know that black and white exists. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, right. so, yeah, yeah. That that's that's intriguing. I I don't know at what point uh or what indicators there are in their life that tell that would show you that they're ready. I'm not even sure if I'm ready for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like that is the point in maturity that I want my kid to have before leaving the house. Yeah. Sure. You know like I want yep. them be able to make those decisions before they yeah before they're leaving the house so that when they leave they don't have an existential
1: crisis and like yeah freak sure. out yeah well one of one of my old uh or coworker i guess she is now in college she's a freshman, she is great she she's amazing one one of the most uh, uh mature uh young young women that I've ever met. Uh, super great, but super, uh, she's from a, a very Christian home. Her dad's a pastor and everything, but her mom was talking to me, and uh, she goes, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Michaela called me, and she wanted to know if it was okay for her to skip class. <laughs> and, the, and the mom just laughed at her and was like, of course it's okay to skip class if, if you're not feeling good. Or I, I think she was sick. She was like, "It's okay. You you can you can skip class." So I mean, yeah, at the point where they're in college and they're they're calling you up to see if something's right or wrong, <laughs> right, right? Yeah, that's probably a probably a good indicator that they're they may not be there yet.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that the mom's answer was yes, it's okay, and yeah. not like if you wanted to teach your kid, it would be, "What do you think?" Right? right like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what do you think? I mean, yeah, you you have true. gotten – you have God inside of you, right? Like what is, does the Holy spirit who's inside of you tell you about the the morality of your decision? Well, I I think, I
1: think more for her, it was uh, the, the daughter just needed to hear that doing something right. Sure. sure. Option, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, to answer your question for myself, Dan, I think I just think, you know, this is, I guess a cliche answer, but I think it makes a lot more sense. It becomes a lot more clear when you make it about the heart rather than the action. If you're focused on your heart and you're focused on your relationship with God, essentially, the, que- like the question I would ask you to think about, if I was trying to convince you to stop, I don't even know if it's considered stealing, but whatever you're doing with the library books, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, so, you know, I would ask you, obviously, you know, you have the Holy Spirit whose, whose job I think it is, is to convict all of our hearts, right? Obviously, the, the consequences God has set up in the world for that situation are not high enough for, to 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 push you into a different choice. So then the question is does your heart feel okay about it, right? And if your heart feels okay about it in terms of the morality, then I guess the only other question I would ask you is if it's at all wrong. If you get this the tiniest sense that it's all wrong, but you're like it's not that big of a deal because you're right, I mean we're all making we're constantly all making wrong choices in sense every day that we live. And In a sense, I guess every time we we sin, we're essentially saying we're okay with the consequences of them, you know? But I guess I think what you're asking is like a premeditated sort of like I've thought this through, I've asked myself the question over and over again. (laughs) The only other so the only other element I would throw in there to think about is if what you're doing is a little bit wrong, then I think probably the biggest consequence to that is possibly what it does to your personal relationship with God to have something between between you and him that you're daily deciding or you've made this intentional choice to I'm disobeying you I kind of have this feeling of what you want me to do and I'm choosing not to do it right and even though the physical consequence that's going to happen to you in this world in this physical world is not that great and you're totally okay with it if you would look at and if we would ask if you would ask yourself more what is how is this affecting how close I can be to God the level of intimacy that I can share with him you know if there's this thing in between me and him that I'm choosing then maybe it costs me something in terms of my relationship with him and obviously as you grow in maturity and you realize how important that relationship is and how it's just kind of everything then sacrificing even a little bit of that I think is something that you would not be willing to do for something like that if you felt it was wrong I'm not I'm not saying it's wrong I I don't have any idea that's totally for you and God to decide but if someone was asking me that question or saying like why would I not just make choice b every time it's because I think you're not only experiencing physical consequences, but you're experiencing a relational consequence between you and God, which is a pretty big problem. And that's what I would say to my kids, even if I gave them options A and B, like if I want them to do option B and I think option B is right, if they choose option B, that affects our relationship. And that's, I think, another you know, piece of the discipline thing is that, you know, when, when there's sin, when there's disobedience, it, it does create distance between parents and children, between God and his people. And that's something that I would like for my children to really value and understand that when you make a bad choice, bad things happen to you, but also that does something between me and you, Mm -hmm. you know, between father and son, between father and daughter, mother and son, whatever, that, that becomes a problem. And if your kid, if our kids value that, if we can kind of stir that up, then that is extra motivation. Now, obviously when they're five and six and four, I don't know that that connection, <laughs> that right. closeness with dad or whatever is going gonna, is gonna to be quite as motivating or serious. But <laughs> as they get older, that becomes a more, yeah, a, a bigger deal. What, what do you think about that?
2: So you're saying your implementation, at some point you'll transition into like, okay, you've got choice A and B, but if you make choice A, that will affect our relationship to a certain degree? Or you're saying that will affect your relationship and God's relationship?
0: I mean, I think it so it depends. It depends if I'm, if I'm disciplining my children because I'm telling them this is wrong or this is right. Option A is right and option B is wrong. Then yes, it will be an issue. I mean, it will be an issue with them and God as well. But I will say, you know, it's going to be an issue. It'll cause a problem between us if you do that. And is that something you want? And what are you going to do about that? And that kind of thing. If it's not between me and them, and if it's just A and B and I don't know what's right, and I'm trying to counsel them through their life, you know, if they call me and ask me, hey, uh, can I skip class? You know, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. What, you know, what, what do you think God says? Then it's, then it's more of an issue of, well, if God says don't skip class, if that's what you really feel like he's you know, pushing you to do and you decide to skip class, then you know, you'll have your consequences of maybe doing a little bit worse in class, but maybe there's also a class that you feel like, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't really matter to my grade at all if I show up. But if you feel like God in your heart is telling you don't do this, then, yeah, then I'll say you might want to really think about what that will do to your relationship with God, to be telling you know, the God of the universe that even though I feel like you want me to do this thing, I'm choosing not to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, it just, I mean, it depends on the situation, I think, on what, what's happening. Mostly, mostly, I think, where the relationship thing comes in is, like, essentially, if I'm setting up the options and I really don't want them to do option B, then I think that the correct thing to do as a parent is just to raise the consequence level to a level that they will not choose option B. <laughs> if that makes sense i mean i guess they still yeah. have the option right but it's like nicole is nicole just telling me tonight she, she prayed with the kids and i was cleaning up the kitchen and she was saying that we have this competition in our in our not a competition both of our kids really like to pray last when we pray before bed i don't know why it's like a thing we're like you know who wants to pray and they went through a phase for about a week where they both want to pray first and then they both switched back to praying last i don't know why i don't know why i think it's the best, but they do. And so James was getting belligerent tonight about not being able to pray last because he'd prayed last the night before. And we're going <laughs> to take, t- or Nicole didn't know who had prayed last night before because I'd prayed with them. And so then she's like, okay, let's play-, <laughs> let's play a game to figure out who gets to pray last. And so they're both like, okay, okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. And we've done this before, and I've used rock, paper, scissors, but Cameron is. Either he cheats because he's really slow and then he just sees what James is doing and then he changes it so that it doesn't work. Or Cameron does the same one every time and then James figures out <laughs> what he's doing and then just picks the, you know, picks the, the defeating uh, item. And so rock, paper, scissors isn't quite fair yet. So I think she did like number between one and ten. She held number behind her back and then whoever got closest. And Cameron got closest. So he won. And then James got really belligerent and really pouty about it and was saying he's like, I'm not gonna pray. So Nicole wanted him to pray. You know, it's an option B, option option A, option B. Like James didn't have to pray, but she really wanted him to. So what she did is she said, okay, James, either you pray and everything's good, right? Or you can choose not to pray, but then you'll get a consequence. And he said, I'll choose a consequence. (laughs) And she was like, okay. She's like, what if the consequence is no cookies tomorrow? Because we just bake Christmas cookies today, you know, we spent all day doing it, and there's 40 cookies there for them to eat, and they're like, no, so there's no cookies tomorrow. And he was like, oh no, 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 no. He's like, I don't want that. <laughs> and so, oh. so she was like, okay. Then you then you need to pray. And so then he prayed, but he was, you know, he was gr- he was grouchy about it, and we did not accomplish the, you know, the getting at the heart uh, at all by that by that mm-hmm. tactic. But essentially, you know, she said consequence, and then she she really wanted him to. Because she doesn't want him to be able to, you know, opt out of praying all the time, and so she just raised the she raised the consequence to a level that she knew, she was fairly certain at least that he would not be okay with. Yeah, yeah. But it's tricky because sometimes you say a consequence and then they're okay with it, <laughs> and then I think I don't know. You can either try to backtrack and change your consequence or <laughs> deal live with it, you know, and learn from it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, it's been two hours. Uh, that's pretty pretty long. <laughs>
1: yeah. Got some good content.
0: Guys,
2: yeah. I'm hitting 100 percent on
1: these New Year's resolutions. I don't know what you're I well, haven't even
0: started yet, 100... Dan. 100%.
1: percent well, Pretty good. We we should have we should have like tried to uh pick one of the other person's mm. resolutions and then tried to do theirs. <laughs> Try to do the other person's? Yeah. <laughs> that that would have been fun. I wonder how long I would have lasted with a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I've already started. It's really fun. Nice. I'm, I'm, yeah. Nice.
0: Cool. All right, guys. Thanks a bunch. Sweet. Ditto. We'll see ya. All right. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to be back with a continuation on this conversation about discipline, specifically talking about how we practically discipline our kids in our families. And then I think the week after that, we're going to kind of go deep dive on spanking and essentially whether or not God spanks us and (laughs) how we're supposed to look at that as parents. Uh, So we're going to have a three-week series on discipline, which I hope you enjoy. Also, we are still running our book giveaway from last week's episode from Drew Meyer, who wrote a book on prayer. If you'd like a chance to win that book for free, please go to our Instagram page and follow the instructions on the giveaway post that is recent somewhere. Last thing, if you are married and have a spouse that you are also parenting your children with, we would suggest that you tell them about it and both try listening to these episodes. We would really like for this show to be a show that works for both moms and dads. And I think there could be some really cool stuff that comes out of you know two spouses listening to the same thing and then hopefully sparking intentional parenting conversations between the two of you. So if you think you'd like that, Try it out. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.
1: Uh, Right and wrong is just whatever I decide, basically.